Guys, I'm going to have to make a quick apology before we get things started. I just got off the phone with my wife, and I know you both are married as well. Not sure if your wives ever call you and accuse you of something you have absolutely nothing to do with. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it happens on Not occasion. Not since breakfast. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, my wife just called me, and she accused me of actually stealing her thesaurus. You can imagine how surprised I was. Who would steal a, th- a thesaurus? So I let her know how shocked, stunned, appalled, <laughs> dismayed, <laughs> astonished, and aghast I was by her accusation. <laughs> this is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial, and thank you for listening in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We've got an awesome show. We're going to talk about the who, what, and why of IRAs. But uh, before we do that, quick introductions. Uh, Myself and Mr. Jeff Quick, one of our advisors here at Paladin. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, hello. And I hope you uh, enjoy sleeping on the couch tonight (laughs) or duvet or what. I have no other words for couch. I didn't think that one through. Um, and we also have Mr. Tony Shore, our remote host. Hello, Tony. Sofa, Davenport. There are a number of... <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice. <laughs> the old Davenport. Yeah, the Davenport. <laughs> well, I'm doing great, guys. A great show. A great cold open today, Mr. Jeff Quick. That was funny. Yeah. But yeah, if your wife lis- listens to the show, you're in trouble. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we could say we knew you. Um yeah, but before we get into the show here this week, I have a, some a news update. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Sting was kidnapped over the weekend. Really? Yeah, and yeah, pretty pretty shocking. The the police don't have a lead. Ah, uh, <laughs> but I'm pumped. I don't know the sound. That was for you, yeah. Tony. Musical reference. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I love that one. Uh. I love a good courtesy laugh, but no, yeah, we're <laughs> going to talk about IRAs this week and, uh, some good information here. We have the end of the tax year coming upon us once again here in uh, less than two months. So we want to be aware of IRAs and the impact they can have on our financial plan. You might be an IRA person. You might be an IRA person. I don't know. Well, that's outside of today's debate, but, uh, Jeff, you know, one of the first questions we have here that to look at is what exactly is an IRA? And first of all, you are correct. It is IRA and not IRA. But again, we won't get into that. Uh, it does, you know, in its sim- simplest form, it stands for individual retirement account. Uh, I often do get asked, husband and wife may come in and they want to combine their IRAs. Remember what it stands for, individual retirement account they cannot be combined between a husband and wife or spouses. Wait a minute. Wait a uh, minute, Jeff. Case. I thought you said an IRA stood for individual retirement account. I always thought it stood for internal revenue account. Because <laughs> of the tax. We will get to that later, Tony. We will get to that. <laughs> All right. But uh, they were actually created by Congress 
uh, IRAs through the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974 to incentivize individuals to save for retirement. Uh, initially, they were limited to workers who did not have pension coverage uh, through their employer, but in 1981, the Economic Recovery Act changed that, making all workers and their spouses eligible to open IRAs. So for both traditional and Roth IRAs, those funds are typically taxed only once, either before the money is contributed to the account or when it's withdrawn, dependent on the type of IRA it is. Okay, so you have IRAs and you have Roth IRAs, and we'll talk about the income limits and contributions to those, but what what is better, Jeff, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, and does that depend in, on a person's situation? Yeah, good, good question, and I get that often. Um, and before we get to which one is necessarily better, both traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs have the same annual contribution limits. There's absolutely no difference in that. If you're eligible, you can contribute up to 100% of your taxable compensation or the contribution limit, in this case, case whichever one is lower. Currently, contribution limits, uh, they're set every year by the IRS. They sometimes will have cost of living adjustments. Uh, currently for 2022, the annual contribution limit is $6,000. If you're age 49 or younger, once you hit the half a century mark, 50 years old, the IRS does allow you to make what they call catch-up contributions of $1,000 annually. So therefore bumping up that limit to 7,000 uh, for those 50 and above. Now your original question, Jeff, which one is better? And uh, as you stated, it really does depend on the individual and it's a tax question at the end of the day and really depends on your income tax bracket during your years of contribution versus your income tax uh, standing when you'll actually withdraw the funds. So depending on if you're in a lower tax bracket today or a lower tax bracket in retirement, uh, that could have an influence on which one uh, is better for you. That's good. Okay. And the you mentioned the age 50 increase, the catch-up contribution. So that starts January 1st of the year that you turn age 50. So you don't have to wait until your birthday. But you want to be aware of that and not – we meet with people all the time that we're making a $6,000 a year contribution and didn't realize, hey, I'm now 50. I can put in more money than that. Um, and the traditional IRA versus Roth IRA, as Jeff mentioned, it's going to depend on your situation, which one makes the most sense for you. But you have to have that taxable income coming in in order to be able to make that contribution and we'll talk about spousal contributions here in a little bit as well. So can anyone contribute to a Roth IRA? Are there any limits or restrictions to be aware of there? Yeah, good question. Uh, the Roth IRA, now, as you mentioned, anybody can contribute to a traditional IRA. Uh, the only thing that happens with that is there may be some tax deductibility uh, that is impacted by your tax bracket. Now, with a Roth IRA, it's a little bit different uh, for married couples filing jointly, uh, that income limit starts at 204000 So if you make less than 204000 as a couple, you can contribute to a Roth IRA. And for individuals, that number is $129,000. In between there, there are a couple of areas. So between two hundred four 
and 214 contribution limits uh, will change and will be limited and for the individual between 129 and 144. So if you find yourself in that in between, you'll want to uh, contact your tax advisor and find out a specific amount on what you can contribute to that Roth if you happen to fall in between those. Of course, above that, uh, you're not allowed to contribute, unfortunately. Nice thing with that, too, is the contribution deadline for IRAs or Roth IRAs. That's based on when you file your taxes, so April, you know, mid-April each year. And you don't know your income in necessarily what your income is going to be in a calendar year until that calendar year is complete. So if you have employment income that's uh, sporadic or you're not sure if you're over or under income thresholds that Jeff was talking about, good news is, is you can wait until you get to the end of the year and then do a rough draft of your taxes and find out, oh, all right, we're under the limits. We can make contributions into these. Or do we need to look at doing what's called a backdoor Roth contribution if you're looking at Roth IRAs? So there definitely are some options there because of that tax filing deadline. That's correct. And what, what if you happen to extend your tax return, Jeff? Does that extend the time limit on the contribution to the Roth or the traditional IRA? Yeah, it's going to be based on the April 15th deadline. All right. And again, remember that is a, it is a tax question at the end of the day. So be sure and consult your, your tax professional when looking to make those contributions and determine what that, uh, that actual number is. Well, yeah, it's huge. And obviously it's important for people to understand the differences and the nuances and mainly because of the tax designation, obviously uh, that can have a huge impact on your retirement if you haven't planned accordingly, correct? Uh, absolutely, Tony. Good point. Good point. Um, the other way, of course, to get money into a Roth IRA is to go ahead and uh, and do a conversion. That's an option for uh, individuals as well. So if you have qualified money sitting in a traditional IRA, anybody does have the ability to convert that traditional IRA uh, to a Roth IRA. Of course, there are tax consequences that do get involved in that uh, as well. Yeah, that's another common misconception is people think that I'm no longer working, people that are retired, that I'm not working, so I can't move money from my IRA into my Roth, and you, you don't have to be working. And you could be beyond age 72, in fact, and taking out your RMDs that we'll talk about here in a little bit and still make conversions at any point. Yes, good point. And again, just like we stated before, when determining whether or not a Roth or a traditional IRA makes the most sense for you, when looking at a Roth conversion, it's also another time when you're going to want to uh, talk or consult with your tax professional because at the end of the day, you're trying to make a determination about whether or not it's more advantageous to take out that money qualified and pay taxes on the withdrawal or pay it prior to taking it out and getting it into uh, a Roth IRA so you have non-taxable uh, withdrawals available to you as well. And that, you know, it does a couple of, couple of different things. Uh, one, it gives you some flexibility in controlling your tax bracket and what you pay into Uncle Sam at the end of the year. I do have a lot of clients now considering Roth conversions for uh, a reason that most people can relate to. Uh, most investments these days for 2022 have decreased in value. At least I've been seeing that, Jeff. Have you been seeing I that with your I clients? I have noticed that. Yeah, there's a trend there. <laughs> right. So, you know, the idea being that a, a Roth conversion now 
when those assets are depressed, maybe you have a hundred shares of, let's say, I don't know, IBM stock or ABC company stock that used to trade at a hundred dollars per share. Now maybe maybe trading at 50 or 60 or $70 per share. So the price of those shares has decreased. So if you convert those to a Roth IRA now, you're converting the same number of shares at a lower price. So when the market comes back, as it historically does, now that money is going to grow tax-free with uh, tax-free withdrawals versus taxable in a traditional IRA. So just another opportunity that may make sense for you. Yeah, and we talked about this on last week's show as well as the the goal in tax planning is to reduce your taxes over time. It's not just in a particular year. And depending on your situation, your income, your assets, required minimum distributions, a lot of moving parts, it might be better for you to use a traditional IRA and contributing to that now and use Roth later on or vice versa. Those are things that we can help you to evaluate and think through in your plan and make sure you're making a good decision there. Um, one is not necessarily good or bad, but if you are comparing a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, the, the factor we're going to change to evaluate them is the tax rate over time. So the growth rate, if you're going to compare a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA, that should be held the same. It's not an investment decision. It's what tax rate are we going to use? So if I put money into an IRA now, get a tax deduction for that and later on down the road and I pull that money out and I'm in a higher tax situation, then that wasn't a necessarily a good idea. So that's what we want to evaluate is what are the taxes now versus later. And so that creates a lot of planning strategies. When do you file for social security? When do you do Roth conversions? Uh, do you do one first and the other one later? And pensions, uh, taking money from different types of assets. These are all planning things that we want to look at, make sure that you're minimizing your tax bill throughout retirement. Tony, do you have a preference? Do you, do you prefer a Roth IRA or a traditional <laughs> IRA? Well, or are you agnostic? Well, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for asking, Jeff. Uh, you, you both have laid out a lot of the groundwork for both uh, the Roth and the traditional uh, it, my answer, like yours for many things, it depends. I have to look at my personal situation, but obviously I think the benefits of, uh, Roth outweigh the benefits of a traditional, but it depends on someone's situation. Uh, obviously anything that has the words tax free attached, I like, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, the, the fewer taxes I have to pay in <clears throat> retirement, the better. And I like the fact that there's no RMDs for me or uh, the people who inherit the Roth, they don't have to, it's tax free. If it's a Roth, it's not, if it's a traditional, we know how much you hate RMDs, Tony. <clears throat> I love, uh, <laughs> I thought it stood for really massive donut and then I loved it. But then <laughs> when you guys told me it stood for required minimum distributions, I said, absolutely not. <laughs> um, what about the, uh, five year rule, Jeff on Roth? IRAs. What, what exactly is that? Yeah, there's, there are actually two different five-year rules. So the first five-year rule uh, people should be aware of is that when you initially open a Roth IRA, in order to withdraw that money, your own contributions are always available to you. You already paid tax on that money. So you can take that out uh, at any time and 
not pay taxes on that, though you may be penalized if you're under the age of 59 and a half. Um, but the five-year rule really applies to uh, the growth or the interest earned on that account. Uh, you cannot touch that uh, tax-free until you've met the five-year rule, which starts if you made a contribution today, uh, October 17th, 2022, it actually starts the beginning of the year you make the contribution. So that would go back to uh, January 1st of 2022 would be the date you made your first Roth IRA contribution and the five-year clock would start ticking. So that's the first five-year rule. Um, as you'll recall, one of the other ways we can get money into a Roth IRA is through a conversion. So when you do a Roth conversion, that's another five-year rule that kicks in. And not only does it apply on the initial conversion, but each Roth conversion starts its own five-year clock. Again, relating to the growth uh, on those accounts or the interest earned, that money is not available to you tax-free, the growth, until you've reached that five-year period. And again, just remember that's on each Roth conversion uh, is tracked separately. So it can be a little bit confusing and you'll definitely want some some professional help in determining when you have access to those funds. That's good. So you, you want to make sure you're covering your seasoning there, your seasoning period with that five years and plan ahead for that. And again, going back to planning strategies, looking at when you start to take money out of your retirement assets, have you met that five-year rule yet? And at what point should you be pulling money from Roths? And a generic answer is one, it depends, but two, generally Roth money, we're leaving that more towards uh, later to have that create more tax-free income. But there are situations where we wanna pull that Roth money out first, uh, depending on your m mechanics and all the, the moving parts in your plan. So that's something we can help you to navigate. Uh, we talked a little bit about required minimum distributions. When are those, what are they and when do they do and why do they even exist? Yeah. And just a reminder, Tony, it does not stand uh, for uh, what was a really massive donut. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's required minimum distributions. <laughs> and uh, generally, these only apply to, uh, to traditional IRAs. And it's the minimum amount that you must withdraw from your traditional IRA by April 1st of the year after you turn age 72. Okay, it used to apply to uh, taxpayers reaching age 70 uh, and a half. They uh, delayed that uh, a few years ago and is now age 72. So keep that in mind uh, that you will be required to start accessing those qualified funds. And it's not a, not a, a requirement you wanna miss, right Jeff? Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, it's a big penalty, 50% penalty. And the goal with this is the government wants their money. You've had, you received a tax deduction putting that money in. You've received perhaps decades of tax deferral. You have to start taking that money out uh, to go into the, the tax stream, if you will. And planning things, depending on what's most important to your retirement, are legacy goals and objectives important to you? You want to be aware of what kind of impact that would have on your family as well. If you pass away and your kids inherit a $100,000 IRA and they're in their mid-50s and their prime earning years, they have 10 years to drain that account down to zero. 
and that's their highest income years, they're typically going to pay more taxes as a result of that. Whereas if they inherited $100,000 of Roth money, they still have to drain it to zero at the end of that 10-year period. But any of that income that's coming out is income tax-free. So being aware of how that works and the required minimum distributions, there are um, common reasons, you know, people miss that is that um, they've gotten busy, they've gotten sick, they're in the hospital, they missed that end of the year deadline, or they simply forgot. Uh, But another common reason is they didn't do the calculation correctly. So for example, if you have a 401k plan and an IRA, two accounts, one of each type, and you're, you're out to age 72, that RMD calculation has to be done separately and satisfied separately. You can't take all the money out of your IRA to cover the uh, RMD for both accounts. So those have to be done separately. If you have a third bucket, let's say a cash balance pension plan that has a separate calculation and you have to satisfy it out of that account specifically. So you want to make sure you're, you're doing that correctly. And for people that come in and they have, you know, 10, 15 different investment accounts, you're multiplying the opportunity for errors to occur there. So you want to be aware of that as well as simplifying things generally over time might be a good thing. Great, uh, great, great point. You know, so the, the two major benefits of the Roth IRA or two of the major benefits are one, the Roth IRA for the owner does not have required minimum, minimum distributions. And as Jeff pointed out, Oftentimes, when these are inherited by your beneficiaries, they're going to be in their higher earning years. So if they're inheriting Roth money versus traditional IRA money, they can go ahead and take out as much of that Roth IRA they inherited as they would like, and it's not going to impact their tax bracket or their tax uh, their taxable income, which is going to allow you to maintain those low tax brackets, not only for you, but also for your beneficiaries. Very good. So, yeah, that's a few different things to think about with IRAs as we get closer towards the end of tax season is making sure that if it makes sense for you to contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA, that you're getting that taken care of before you file your taxes and um, thinking ahead of with that, making sure you're under the income limits and so forth that we talked about there at the beginning. So these are all things that we can help you to think through and navigate um, in putting together a financial plan for you. And we offer you a complimentary second opinion on your plan. Um, You can give us a call if you'd like that. Our number is 651-842-8406 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com. And you can also email us at info at financialpaladin.com. And uh, with that, thank you all very much. Tony, thank you, remote host. All right. <laughs> and uh, everyone, have a great rest of your week. All right. Thanks, guys. And that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley, and special guest host this week, Jeff Quick. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com.
Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.